Hello and welcome to our first podcast for Limitless Outdoors. Really the vision behind this podcast is that we want to answer questions uh, about faith and about hunting that are going to improve your walk with Jesus, going to lead you into a more abundant life, a more productive life, a more significant life with God, and also enjoying this world that he has given to us to steward and to enjoy. So that's what we're going to be really looking at um, over the course of this podcast. And we're going to be fielding questions and answering questions. So if you have biblical questions, if you have hunting questions, uh, we want to answer both of them because we, we believe that God came, as he says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he said, I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on. And today in our first episode, our first podcast, um, I would not want anybody else but my brother Colton. Uh, I really believe that I willed him into existence about 30 years ago. And uh, we've been brothers ever since, and we've been all around the world, uh, done a lot of cool stuff together, and hopefully have a lot more adventures. So Colton, thank you for joining me this morning. I didn't really have a choice, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from your perspective, Colton, how did we get into uh, Limitless Outdoors and hunting? You know, a lot of people think that we grew up hunting um, and that, uh, you know, maybe that our dad uh, was a really significant hunter and dad did hunt, but maybe you could share a little bit about from your perspective, how we ended up getting into hunting as significantly as we have. So, uh, years and years ago, our, our dad, he liked hunting. He, um, he enjoyed it quite a bit, but he, uh, he grew up hunting in South Carolina for deer and didn't really have much experience out West hunting. And, um, it, uh, it kind of evolved for him. He, he fell in love with the idea of hunting elk and he, he chased them a bit and he introduced the idea of hunting elk to us. Um, but we really, we really grew in our passion for hunting elk uh, after watching a bunch of Primos videos. <laughs> he used to watch those things like crazy, all the truth hunting videos for elk and um, it, it inspired a a love for us, a passion to go chase these incredible animals. And from there, we really just ran with it. Um, we, we had to teach ourselves from the ground up how to hunt elk, how to, how to literally do everything from handling the meat and getting it out of the woods. It's, it wasn't really something that we were, uh, we had a well-established base on. We just had, uh, somebody that really loved to hunt, but didn't know much about it. And, well, and that's the people that I notice. I was talking to somebody the other day, and those are the people that I notice that are always willing to help you learn how to hunt is the people that don't really know anything about hunting. <laughs> they have great hearts and great intentions, but uh, you ask if they've gotten anything in the last few years, and uh, maybe they killed a deer five, six years ago. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It is hard to figure it out. And it's becoming easier with some of the resources out there and you're watching some videos and there's some really helpful guys, but as far as just hands on, yeah, we, we are way, we were way behind the curve on yeah, some of that it, stuff. It, you know, looking at how Oliver's growing up and Madeline's growing up and everybody there, they're going to have a major step above what we had. We, we didn't, we didn't ride horses in the back country. We didn't go hunt all over the place it's i mean we just drew arizona coos deer tags with rifle 
and Oliver at 10 years old is going to be going and killing a coos deer and Justin and I are at 30 and 35 years old where it's <laughs> I mean he's got a major leg up and um, the, the harsh reality is that it's it's what 10% of hunters find consistent success and that's not consistent from animal to animal it's it just it is what it is yeah so I mean as we're just as you're sharing from your side I'm just thinking about how from the hunting side, it's not like we were, we were raised in that culture. We didn't have any advantages. We just had a deep desire in our heart from the time we were little boys to be hunters. And we pursued that dream. And growing up on West side road underneath the mountain. It did help growing up where we grew up. We definitely had, we didn't, we weren't without any advantages. That's for sure. We we had a, we had a good mountain to climb up behind us and we loved finding sheds, but I mean, it started, it started after a few years and we really well, had no guidance on it. Maybe fast forward a little while. Um, so obviously you and I grew up fishing and doing all that other stuff, but how old were you when you got your first big game animal? Uh, I was 18. Yeah, this is first. embarrassing. I didn't yeah, mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, it, it was, it's kind of rough. I um, So I hunted a lot uh, as I could when I was a kid, but... Um, I ended up letting other activities get in the way a lot of times, other school activities and things like that. And, but I ended up letting a lot of other activities get in the way and I passed up some animals and I, I wanted to pull the trigger and I just I just didn't a lot of times. And um, there was, it, it was kind of interesting, but um, once I turned 18, I'd, uh, I'd come back or no, it was, yeah, I'd come back over Thanksgiving break and uh, we went and hunted and I took that mule deer. That was my very first big game animal and since then it's just been insane. Yeah, I think one of the things that I want to get across uh, today as we discuss this is the fact that it doesn't matter, and you've heard me say it a lot of times in the videos, but it doesn't matter what you've done, it matters what you do now. And um, I think there's it, sometimes there's these stigmas that if you haven't been doing it your whole life, you can't get into it. And that if you're a late bloomer, you're not going to bloom at all. But the reality is, is that tomorrow doesn't have to look like today or yesterday looked uh, with the Lord and also with our hunting. I mean, we stand at this place where we can make a decision about what the future looks like. And for you, 18 years old, I mean, I had already killed piles of stuff by then. Yeah. But I, you know what I'm saying? And, but I know other people like, look at all, look at Oliver and Madeline, what they've accomplished at 10 and 12 years old. Like, it's just crazy. Um, It's got what, two six point bulls under her belt now? Yeah. But you can get into it. And so, 18 years old, you get your first deer. And then, fast forward a couple of years, you become this incredible guide in both Idaho and Colorado and you're harvesting all these big elk. Could you tell us a little bit about your guiding days before you kind of plug back into limitless outdoors full time? So, um, as we said, it was, I was 18 when I started uh, actually officially killing animals, but I'd watched my brother, uh, become extremely proficient at hunting elk in those years and calling them in. And, um, after, after that, I had, I had left college and um, I came back and we worked for a while. And um, during that time, those those uh, those four years, I was working. We were doing our Justin had the business and uh, 
we were hunting all the time. We were hunting every minute that we could get. And in that time, I learned a lot from hunting with Justin, going around chasing elk. And back then, our elk numbers were phenomenal here. And um, I, it, this area gave us a really good opportunity to um, get close to elk due to the fact that it's so thick. And in that four years, I, I really got to uh, learn and watch how elk acted, especially when you get close. So when I transitioned into guiding, I was uh, 23. I went down, I'd missed the September season um, for guiding. I, we were hunting before that and the numbers of the elk were starting to drop then. But that October, I jumped down and it was supposed to only be a week long job. And I get down there and I start guiding and start killing elk and bears and deer and all sorts and they invite me back for another week so I did two weeks and then uh, that transitioned into hey we want you down for November for rifle whitetail um, and did well there and it just kept going a after that it, it became a full-time job I mean it literally went from a week-long thing where I was gonna make some money that I needed at the time and it it turned into three years of guiding in Idaho. I mean, I, uh, I ended up doing archery elk hunts, rifle elk hunts, mountain goat, uh, mountain lion, bear, you name it. I mean, and how much, how much hunting did you get to do for yourself during that time as a close, guide? Close to none. Um, well, cause a lot of people think of guiding as maybe a dream career. They're like, Oh man, I would love to guide to get to hunt all the time, but there's, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. There's kind of a darker no, side to it. it you, you lose out on a lot of your hunting. I mean, it, I killed a bull. What was that? That was five years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I killed a bull oh, over five years ago now, almost six actually. Um, and it was literally a, a last minute thing where I tagged out early with my clients in the back country, came out and begged for an evening off. And I, I literally left at midnight from down in Reagan's where I was guiding out of and came up here and killed a bull. And I had, one day to go hunt for myself that was literally it and then after that i i don't think i hunted much for myself again for another three years so it yeah it's um it it takes its tolls on you uh, it uh you don't get much sleep especially bear season because it runs into june um and it, it it is an exhausting thing and uh, but there there are some good things about it you get to meet a lot of people and you get to the biggest thing that you get to do is you get to expand your hunting capabilities. You um, you go in with somebody that's completely inexperienced and you take them out on a hunt and you, you're you holding them by the hand, literally. So you have to, you're not going in there by yourself or with another experienced hunter. You're you're kind of handicapped, but it, um, it increases your hunting strategies and how you move through the woods and um, how you plan out things. So it, um, during that time, I did get to learn a lot about elk, and it uh, it just it was repetition at that point, where it was elk after elk after elk, and um, interacting with them. So every day. So that chapter kind of came to a close in your life, where you're done with the guiding side of things. You come back into limitless outdoors. Um, I talk to people all the time that think that all we do is hunt. Um, yeah. <laughs> All we do is just spend time out in God's limitless outdoors, which I'm not so sure that would actually be as awesome as it sounds. Um, we have lives outside of that. And so one of the things I was wanting to 
maybe clue people in on is uh, what actually happens in your life outside of uh, the few moments that we get to see on TV and YouTube where yeah. you're hunting. Like that, that takes up a few weeks a year, but uh, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Uh, what does your life kind of look like? Maybe in just a couple of minutes, kind of sum that up. So I, uh, I, I build houses, do construction um, most of the year, but I also try and plan out my my year, my my building and everything else around being able to go out and hunt. So um, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to work with just a company. So I can't just get hired on and get time off. I mean, Brent struggles with that right now. He's been he's been working as a plumber and he uh, he has a hard time getting time off because it's it, it, he's working for a company. So I I run my own. Uh, construction and it makes it to where I can control my schedule a bit and be able to take time off because my main priority in life is limitless outdoors and then my secondary priority is making money through the construction order to feed my family. So I have a wife and two kids um, now. So let's talk about that a little bit though. I love what you talked about. Your priority is limitless outdoors. Um, something that he might not talk about, but that is very real and present reality for everybody on the team is, uh, we believe in what God is doing through limitless outdoors. And so for Colton, uh, I watch him intentionally not take on really big money-making jobs, um, and kind of stay in this place where he can stay small enough that he's flexible to invest his life in limitless outdoors because we do travel a lot in the spring we do travel um a lot in the fall and i don't know if you've ever been around construction before uh but that is i mean you want to talk about a great way to test your marriage you build a house together and it's just stressful and then you being the contractor involved in that you get stuck on all this all these different details and then if you try and take a few weeks away um man you got people freaking out and so it takes a lot of coordination, but I think I think the thing I wanted to highlight is um, I loved what you said about the priority uh, that you see the ministry as a priority um, over even your work. That's a that's an incredible thing because a lot of people are pursuing you know a career, a dream there, and uh, those things can get in the way of maybe what God is calling us to. And so it's kind of cool to hear you talk about those priorities in that sense. Yeah, it's, it it just. Um... You, you have to, I mean, we have a pretty limited time here, so I, I look at what is going to make a larger impact uh, for other people's lives and uh, what we do matters. The messages that we get from you guys, it, it literally matters to us. I mean, it, there's times that we're broken down in tears over the stuff that we get sent uh, just because it's, it's awesome to see that the sacrifices that we make truly matter. Well, yeah, let's be, I mean, I think one of my things, um, I'm also a pastor and, um, I really just value transparency and just authenticity, uh, to a a high degree. And I, I think, um, I think it's important to talk about a little bit about like, as I watch my brother here, um, his budget monthly to live off of, and it's not saying that it doesn't make more at different times, but his annual budget, he works off or his monthly budget is $2,000 a month. Like that's what, 
That's what he tries to keep his bills as low as possible so that he has flexibility. Um, obviously, sometimes they're spending above that, but um, you have, I mean, through and through made this ministry a priority and you've lived your life in a way that you haven't committed yourself and gotten tangled up in other things that would ultimately pull you away from it. You haven't, you've intentionally driven an older vehicle so that you don't have car payments. Um, now you got. Yeah, that's a whole other story, but like. Yeah, yeah, don't buy Fords. Um, yeah, it's just kind of incredible, though, like how the whole thing has been a priority, and it's not without, you know, it's not without its drawbacks, but it's cool to see that intentionality. So if there's like, if there's one challenge you could give to people listening that have maybe been kind of on the fence on, do I serve? What's it going to look like to sacrifice? Uh, I guess the question, and I know you've already touched on it a little bit, but the question for me is, is it worth it? to give up all that you could have in this world for serving God the way that you are. Yes. hundred percent. So how would you challenge, how would you challenge people that were on the fence with it? Uh, it, we all know this. You don't, you don't take any of this with you. Um, but I know that from watching (laughs) For example, watching my brother lay down his life, watching uh, the man that led both of us to Christ, Garrett, and uh, also Scott Thompson. Mm -hmm. I mean, those two men have literally laid down their life for it, and Justin's been doing the same thing with the volunteer uh, pastoring. I mean, there's no salary from that, but he dedicates... He dedicates a full work week just to that, and then he dedicates another full work week to this, and it's just... I mean, the the impact that that has had on my life is something that I want to be able to pass on to other people. I mean, uh, the gospel will not go forward unless there's people willing to push it forward. It's that's all there is to it, and uh, if it takes a little sacrifice, then that's what it takes. That's awesome. So. Um, there's the other side of it though. Like we get to hunt. Oh yeah. So I mean, no, so I, I, you know, sometimes we can get too focused on one side or the other and we can just become like, oh, you're not sacrificing. You're not holy, but we also want to be realistic, right? We, we get to hunt and that's, so one of my big things is, um, Psalm 37, four, uh, you've probably heard me say it a lot of times, but it says, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And, um, you know, we can go one way or the other. We can get so, like, everything's about sacrifice. And, yes, we we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus, and there's that. Uh, but there's also the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In God's presence is fullness of joy, Psalm 16, 11. John 10, 10, um, I came to give life and to give it abundantly. John 15, Jesus says, I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be full. And so, like, there's this... There's this incredible portion of scripture uh, that first highlights, yeah, there's the hardships of life and the struggles and the decisions and the sacrifices, but there's also the worthy life of following Jesus. There's the fulfilling life of following Jesus. And uh, I believe that God has more ministries like Limitless Outdoors for people out there to walk in, that they're de- they're, they're walking in the, the desires of their heart as they delight themselves in the Lord. And so 
Like talk about how much of a dream come true is it to get to serve the Lord in such a radical, cool way? I mean, hunting in Alaska, hunting, yes. you just mentioned hunting coos deer in Arizona this fall. Yeah. Like we have so much to look forward to and that's just the beginning. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I drew the sheep tag this year and it, it's just and, and, like there's a, there is a financial sacrifice that is a very real thing, but at the same time, there is so many incredible things that we get to do on a regular basis um, things that people dream of doing their whole life and uh, it, it's truly incredible so you get to do all these incredible things um, one last thing I was wanting to get from you today uh, before we wrap this this podcast up is I'm wondering what what was it that changed your life? Uh, what was it that brought you to Jesus? Like, how did how did that all happen? Because uh, you don't just start living for something else completely. Um, in this world, it's all about pleasing yourself. I mean, you get yours. Uh, you're going to get your pound of flesh. The world is your oyster. You're going to grab it by the whatever, horns, whatever. And um, But something drastic changed in your life. We didn't grow up as Christians. Um, in fact, I was 26 when I came to the Lord. What What were your circumstances? What happened? Uh, what changed your whole perspective and where you were going? So, years and years and years ago, now, I watched, I watched my brother do a 180. I watched him go from chasing everything this world had to offer to chasing after Jesus suddenly. I mean, he he literally gave up everything that he had at the moment and chased after Jesus 100%. And I've, I've always looked up to you. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So when, Mostly because I am taller. He's, I mean, he is, he's <laughs> just under six foot and I am uh, six one and yeah, seven eighths yeah. just to... So, so you I, have I, had to look I, up to me. I had to look up to him my whole life. <laughs> but no, it's um, when when you watch a, a radical transformation in somebody's life, it um, it's shocking at first. It uh, you don't know how to explain it, and then you're introduced to it, and then um, things slowly start to change. You're you start realizing some truths about life and then when suddenly you lose everything that you thought you built up and you thought you had it it uh, challenges you to reevaluate a little bit huh bottom and I, I think that's something that a lot of people have missed out on is that you have to hit rock bottom in order for you to build new and rock bottom is a good spot to start with a new foundation of Jesus. And it, I mean, that is, that's just a fact of life. It's you, you will chase everything this world has to offer, but until you're stripped of all of it, you can't start fresh and move forward in a new direction. I mean, um, it, it's, it really is not possible. And I, I don't know if enough people realize that when they lose everything, if, they're actually being given an opportunity for a fresh start. Most people think it's the end of the world, but looking back on that time, it 
I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I say it pretty frequently now, but a 15 minute conversation ended everything for me. And it ended up putting me on the path to where I met my wife and my, I have my kids now. And looking back at it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Even though it was horrible to go through, I, I would not change the path that God had for me under any circumstance. And, um, if you're going through a hard time, I mean, hit rock bottom and start new. It's where you got to go. You're going to have to hit rock bottom and then you can really build a completely new life. Yeah, it's not over. It's just an opportunity to start over. I like that. Um, one thing I wanted to kind of draw out of you just a little bit here is what do you, your father now? Yep. You have two kids, one that I want to adopt because she's super cute. Um, try to steal her every time I can, but I've got five kids. So yeah, he's already maxed out. <sighs> yeah. Just need grandkids pretty soon. But, um, you said that watching me was one of the things that ended up really, um, starting to churn and change your mind. And that's yeah. what, so repentance, when Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repentance, uh, simply means to change one's thoughts, one mind to, to change direction. Instead of going right now, you're going left instead of going down to hell. Now you're going up. Repentance is a change of mind, will direction in what you're doing. So when, so when Jesus says repent, it's instead of chasing after the world. Now we repent and we chase after Jesus. You know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one gets to the father except through me so if we're going any other way except through jesus jesus says i am the way if we're going any other way except through the jesus way then we're headed the wrong direction and so to repent means to chase after jesus but when you say and talk about um how you watched me how important is it and now that you're becoming a a father i say becoming because both your kids are young and they're just starting to become really impressionable how important would you say for people out there is it to change their life now so that their kids can see that and follow that? Will it affect their kids, do you believe? Absolutely. Um, it, it is amazing watching the impact that one man can have on so many others. And the most important, the most important discipleship you can have is with your own children. And teaching them well how you teach them and how you raise them I, i've watched <laughs> it it really is incredible i've watched how we grew up and um we we did these hunts and we thought they were pretty tough but now i watch i watch madeline and oliver crush four thousand foot climbs and i'm just like that's crazy it's insane because you, you can literally with your kids in particular you can mold them in such a way and you can teach them they're they're as strong as you are willing to make them and that is a major problem i see with to invest like invest your time and energy you invest your time into them and it how they see you act and behave and live out your life it it changes their trajectory in life and it makes them realize makes them realize that it can be done and when, when you see somebody do something, it's, it's no longer a, oh, this is impossible. This is, it, it becomes a reality for them. They, they understand that they can, they can make things with their own two hands, that they can influence other people's lives, that they can literally conquer mountains, they, that they will flatten before them. Hmm. 
if they have the faith that they can do it. And our role as a father is to teach our, our children that they can do things that are impossible. So if you haven't... Because with God, yeah, Jesus yeah, says, yeah, with yeah, man, these things are impossible, yeah. but with God, all, all things are possible. And Paul says in Philippians, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's right. Those are radical realities. I mean, the world is just sitting there waiting to tell you all the things that you can't do. Um, and our job as parents, I love how you said that, our job as parents is to teach them that the impossible things are fully possible through God. And yeah, yeah we've watched it. I mean, you've been just as much a part as, of watching my children grow up and yeah. seeing what was Ollie was eight years old when he was climbing those 4,000 foot pulls day after day after day in the mountains. Maddie's killed two six point bulls now. He was, you know, Oliver was five years old and we were riding around in Hell's Canyon on horseback. He got thrown off of a horse and got right back on. I mean, it, it really, it's incredible watching what even a young kid is capable of when they're discipled well. Well, yeah, and I have, I have friends that, you know, because a lot of us, you know, the American spirit is kind of self-made. Like we're, we, and in a lot of ways, you don't want to minimize the things that have been handed to us. We have, we've had a lot of things, uh, that have gone really well for us and we've been blessed with, uh, but a lot of it we figured out on our own and, you know, that's a great thing, but how much cooler is it? How much farther could our kids go than us? And we start looking at this just generational, this, um, leaving a legacy at, at some point. Like I think about the places my kids are going to go and, and, your kids are going to go and, you know, we're going to get so far in life, but they're starting from where we already are in so many ways. And they're going to go from there. They're going to go so much higher. And that that's a really cool thing. But kind of just to circle back and just kind of put a pin in this whole thing, you know, we started this, this conversation around, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do now, how we don't have to be handed all these things and how our, our life up to this point doesn't have to define what our life going forward looks like uh, with our kids, with uh, our hobbies, with our relationship with the Lord. And I just want to kind of leave us on that note today um, that it, today is a great day to start fresh. Colton talked about hitting rock bottom and instead of it being over, that was an opportunity to start over and to create a new life and a better life and one with Jesus. And so I just want to challenge you as we kind of sign off here that there is an opportunity for you today uh, to start chasing those dreams that God and those desires that God has put deeply in your heart to char start chasing the Lord. And I always think of the Lord like a, a big mule deer and I'm on his trail, right? I'm in deep, I'm in knee deep snow. I'm chasing the Lord down. He's this big mule deer and I have no idea where he's going. But as I follow him, I go over ridge after ridge and I'm seeing new vistas. I'm seeing all these crazy places that I never would have gone on my own. And so as we chase the Lord, he just takes us into those cool places. And, and sometimes into some deadfall. Yeah, and sometimes into some deadfalls. Yeah, you go through some nasty stuff, but sometimes those nasty places prevent people from really, those nasty spots that the Lord takes you through, they weed out the rest of the competition and you end up on these beautiful ridgetops and mountaintops and you see these incredible things. And so, you know, I, I want to challenge you as you go into your week, uh, as you engage the rest of this week, that today is a great opportunity for you to start over to maybe there's something that's been going on in your life an addiction a, a bad habit maybe your marriage is in a bad place or you, you've been all over with your kids uh, you know that is 
that is the heartbeat behind why we developed the first mile um, is to help people find biblical solutions to life's problems. And those biblical solutions, we believe, uh, are found in God's word. Um, Those truths that just radically change our lives. And Jesus says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so we wrote a resource called The First Mile. If you want to press in, learn a little bit more about what it maybe means to be a godly father and raise raise your kids. If you want to look at how to study God's word and learn God's word, uh, understand who Jesus is, why we need salvation, and what salvation means and brings and means eternally, uh, we have that resource. You can go over to our website, www.limitlesshunting.com. You can request a free copy of the first mile. We pay for the shipping, absolutely everything. We just want to see you grow. So go over there, request it absolutely free today. Colton, man, I just look forward to everything that we have in the future. And of course, you're going to be on here uh, more more than this one time. Uh, we're going to be interviewing some other people. We have a lot of awesome content coming up. Uh, if you have questions that you want answered, uh, please send those in. You can send those in uh, through our website. You can contact us and send in uh, your questions for us. You could comment on our Facebook or Instagram asking questions. We're going to try and get to all those. Um, going to be talking in a couple of days here. Our next episode going to be talking with Terry Wallingford, who ended up watching our videos and in his 50s, giving his life to Jesus for the first time. And just a radical change. Going to be talking with him a little bit about hunting, fishing. He's a serious fisherman um, and just what it looks like to have brand new life in Jesus. So until next time, my friends. Remember, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you do now. God bless you all, and we'll see you soon.